week. It's been uh, great to sit down this week and, and chat through what we wanted this to look like. And I've thrown a couple of curveballs this morning, <laughs> turned up and said, oh, we're going to do these questions as well. Um, so I've got a couple of bruises on my arm um, from these two. But uh, we're really excited to share this and, and really talk through this. And, and one of the things that, that we want this time to, to look at is, is prayer. Um, and we really believe as a church that God is calling us to be devoted to prayer. Just as in Acts 2.42, it says that they were devoted to prayer. And Colossians 4.2, uh, they were devoted to prayer. So, um, and, and many other letters through the New Testament, we really feel like God is saying that to us as a church. Um, some of you have been to our Sunday nights uh, and the prayer meetings that we've been having, and they've been great. And like Elijah said at the beginning, we've, we've seen answers to prayer. Uh, prayer changes things. God changes things through our prayers. Um, so we're really excited to, to dive into some of this stuff, um, but we're also going to do it a little bit different today. So just a little bit, a little bit of a pre-warning. Um, after the interview, we're, we're going to take communion together, um, but we're also going to spend time as a church praying. Um, Elijah's going to lead us through some prayer points, some prayer topics. Um, I know we don't normally do that, so maybe it's a bit uncomfortable for a few people, but we really feel like God is calling us to prayer. Um, we've had a, an interesting year. Um, I believe that's because we're where God wants us to be. Um, and because we're where God wants us to be, we're where the devil doesn't want us to be. So he's putting up a fight, and I really believe that we need to pray through this fight. So we're going to dive in, but quickly introduce yourselves. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? When did you become a Christian? What's your favorite food? Joking, you don't have to go that far. Hi, my name's Maria. I live in Hartlepool. I am a secondary school RE teacher. I became a Christian on the 27th of June, 1989. Hi, I'm Teresa. I'm originally from Hampshire, so another southern person. Um, (laughs) Person? Um, I'm also in education. I have been all my life, so I've done the teacher, head teacher, inspector and I now sort of part-time trained teachers I'm married to my wonderful Keith um yeah and we live in Thornton <laughs> great stuff so it's a bit of like a, our own episode of educating Teesside um <laughs> channel 4 is going to come in with a camera and, and film us <laughs> um I also pointed out to Maria that the year she became a Christian was the uh I was born, and uh, I got another bruise on the arm for that. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That was in my notes, so it's going to be said. Uh, so the first question is, what is prayer? Um, prayer is having a relationship with Jesus. It's talking to Jesus. It's communication. <laughs> that was a bit short, Maria. <laughs> um, I think, for me, prayer comes in lots of different forms, really, and, um, but it is, it is about talking. I was going to bring my mobile phone with me, but I've left it over there. And, you know, then we're on our mobile phones all the time, aren't we? You're always on your mobile phone. Well, that's what, how we should be with Jesus, really. We should be talking to him all the time. And I think those prayer comes in many for, different forms. Sometimes it's a desperate prayer. I had one of those on Friday when I arrived at Thornaby Station without my mobile phone with my reference number to get my ticket. But fortunately, God intervened because Stuart Bowen was there and he could ring my husband to get the reference number for me. Yes, God. Thank you. Um, But I also think that as we pray, God draws us closer to him. And that's what it's about. 
it's not just about communicating to him, but as we pray, he draws us ever, ever closest to him. He reveals his plan for us, for our lives, for this world, as we pray and as we draw. And in fact, he invites us, that's what he's inviting us to do through prayer, to listen and to respond. Because he designed us to be close to him. And that's how we are safe. And if we're not feeling safe, it's because we're not drawing close. Awesome. So, so one of the reasons that we chose you is, obviously, we see a life where you, you pray. I mean, you, you both turn up to prayer meetings. Uh, Teresa, you're part of our pastoral team. Um, so we really wanted to pick your brains on, on a certain, certain things. So the next question is, how have you grown and developed your prayer life? Um, what have you struggled with, and how have you conquered those struggles? Who wants to start? <laughs> okay. Um, I think my prayer life has developed as my relationship with Jesus has developed. I think I've always been somebody that prays, but it was more of a habit. So I would get up on the morning, I would set aside time, and I would do all my praying, and that would be it for the day. And I think that as I've drawn closer to Jesus, and as that relationship has developed, it's become more of a communication so it's more of a daily thing that happens. I still have a cup of coffee with God on the morning because um, he enjoys that. But I continue that conversation. Yeah, he's definitely a coffee guy. Um, <laughs> I continue that conversation in my daily life. So I started to pray like, God, I want opportunities to experience you in my ordinary everyday life. Because I got sick of waiting for this like massive change and experience. And so I just started having conversations as I walked around the school. Um, as I walked around the corridors before I spoke to anybody. So now, you know, I really give God space to speak to me. Not just talking to him. And so the songs that I sing on the morning, the scriptures that I read and meditate on, they go with me through my school day and through my ordinary everyday life. And that relationship has grown, and, and God used that. Um, I just think that I would concur with all of that. I don't need to say anything else, do I really? Um, prayer isn't always easy. It's not. Um, but I think I agree with Maria that over time, as you learn to trust God, your prayer life draws you closer to him. Um, and I think the struggle for me is not doing it when I know I ought to do it. And although there is a case for straight obedience to God, because he actually tells us to pray, it should be natural, which I think is what Maria's talking about. It should be like breathing. As we breathe, then we should be praying, because that's our communication. And my other real difficulty is I'm a Martha rather than a Mary. And I'm sure there are lots of people here who uh, would agree with that. I know Cookie, who's not well, is, I know she feels like that too sometimes. Um, and I think that's something God's been trying to teach me all my life, that actually I just need to draw close to him and be still. 
I don't need to solve all the problems myself because actually his plan is better. And I just want to tell you a short story of that, about that. A long, long, long time ago, probably about 25 years ago, Keith and I were walking in one of our favourite places on the Pembrokeshire coast. And um, we'd stopped to have lunch. We had our backpacks. Um, it was a really sunny day, so we lay down on our backpacks. I had mine as my pillow. And then Keith said, right, it's time for us to get up and uh, go now. So... Um, I reached out my hand for him to pull me up, and as he did so, uh, because we were on a slight slope, my rucksack rolled down the cliff and over into the sea, or fortunately on a ledge with the sea splashing on it. And it had our car keys in it, it had the cottage keys in it, it had my purse in it, you know, so panic set in. And because I'm me, before Keith could turn around, I was down and over the cliff to go and get it. And then I stood and looked up and I was probably, I don't know, how far Keith? About half the size of this building. (laughs) I think Keith thought he was going to have to call out the lifeboat, really. Um, That's when I did the praying. (laughs) Looking up, because not only I was going to get up, but I had my rucksack to get up back with me as well. Brilliantly, we didn't have to really. Keith was fantastic at telling me where to put my handholds and feet holds, and I got back. But the purpose of that, to selling that story, is to say, actually, I should have been praying at the top, not at the bottom, because then I would have let God sort it instead of actually getting into trouble and then asking God. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Often we use prayer as the last line of defence. So that's a great point. Um, when you pray how do you feel like God speaks to you Um, what does that look like and sound like I think that God speaks to us in a number of different ways we just need to give him space God knows each of us as individuals. So he knows your personality and he knows what you're like. So he's not going to speak to you in a way that's completely alien to you. He's going to meet you where you are. So sometimes for me it's scripture. So I'll meditate on scripture. And this book is full of like journaling. I'm a journaler. And so I write things and then I can go back and I can see that God's spoken to me over and over again the same thing. And I'm like, it's better start listening now, Maria. Um, Sometimes it's through other people. So, you know, if you pray for those opportunities, then other people confirm it. And so when I have my conversation with God on the morning and then it continues through the day, like sometimes it can be work colleagues, it can be children in my class, believe it or not. I have the privilege of being an RE teacher, so I can talk about God all day long. And so it's like... Sometimes the children will then just say, so the answer's this, the answer's that. And I'm like at the front going, wow, yes, that is. Well done, thank you. And it just confirms something that God's speaking to me about. It can be in many different ways. I think I, I would agree. Lots of different ways. For me, it's about creation. It's about worship. It's about songs. It's other people. Um, and, and sometimes for me, because I'm an old lady, uh, it's God wakes me in the middle of the night and um, that's not, so I can't sleep. And that's sometimes when God speaks to me and, um, you know, and I have to rush downstairs and find a pen and write something down. But, uh, yeah. 
Sorry, I forgot to mention pictures. <laughs> um, sometimes God speaks through pictures. Um, so earlier this year, I've been working at St. Hilde's School in Hartlepool for 10 years now. It's a long time for a teacher. Um, usually you move on before then. So this year I started to think, like, have I missed what God's been saying to me? Um, you know, really praying into, like, that total fear took over my prayer life. And I was, like, afraid that I'd missed well, God's not going to let you miss it. Um, I've got to explain a little bit about what the school's like so you can understand the picture that God gave me. So you go in through the main entrance, and then to the left-hand side, there's a corridor that's called the Cademan Corridor. It's, like, made of glass. And that corridor goes down past the chapel, past the chaplaincy office, and you meet the hall where collective worship happens and the hall where your group meetings happen. So, like, the hub of the school, basically. And in the picture, I was stood right in the middle of that. And like God said, I've got it, Maria. Don't worry about it. Now I'm in charge of collective worship, PSE, the chapel. I've got the chaplaincy office. So God has got it. That's awesome. I don't know if you remember the picture that Joe Jones put up about the Go Joe soap dispenser. How many people see that now and think, <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually skipped a question, so we'll go back to that. Um, how have you seen God answer your prayers? Sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I would just sort of say, because he's changed it, you see, so the, the, it was all in order till this morning. Um, keeping it interesting. Yeah, keeping it interesting. I would say that God's answered in many ways. In, over the years, some small, like, you know, the, having Stuart there, some large, um, you know, I think uh, my first headship, God spoke to some, through somebody who was, I would call a nominal Christian, and God had never spoken to her before, she rang me up early in the morning before my interview and said, I've never done this before, but I have to read you this verse, um, and that was just absolutely right, and I got that job, which was amazing. Um, Sometimes I think um, God's answered them very quick, but more often than not, it has been over time. And it definitely, definitely, definitely often is not in the way that I planned it. It's not what I thought or what I wanted. It was God's plan. Um, and I think, you know, prayer changes us when we pray. And God draws us close to him. His plan becomes our plan as we walk closely with him. And I know on Christmas Eve we're having a Narnia theme. Um, one of my favorite pictures in um, The Horse and the Boy, I think it is, is, um, and I can't remember his name, I know Terry will know, but this, the little boy, is it Diggory? I don't know, yes, who's walking along um, this cliff on one side is sheer. I've got a cliff thing, haven't I? A sheer, a sheer cliff on this side, and it's really narrow, and he's really scared. And all of a sudden, he feels beside him this softness, and it's Aslan. And that just tells me that if only we put out our hand, God is there. Um. I wanted to talk, I think God answers prayers in many different ways. And my, this book is full of answered prayer. Like I was going through it and I was like, more answered prayer. But I want to talk about two specifically. 
Um, and they both feed into each other, really. So I think that God has healed my broken heart. And it's been a hard road. Um, a couple of things happened to me that flawed me and made me feel like I was worthless. So the first thing was, I was married and my marriage broke down. And I prayed that God would mend that marriage and heal that marriage. Because I thought, as a Christian, that divorce is not right, is it? Like, that's what I'd been brought up thinking, like, stay in the marriage. But God answered the prayer by ending that marriage. And at the time, I was so brokenhearted, like, I'd let everyone down. Like, all I kept thinking was, my mum and dad, I've let my mum and dad down. We're Christians. We've been brought up in a Christian home. Like, we've been taught, don't get divorced, don't get divorced. I've let God down, you know, I made those vows, I meant them. And, like, I was so, like, felt so like I'd let everyone down. Um... And it's been a long road of God repairing that. And, you know, he's got the big picture and he knows the answer. I've changed as I've become closer to Jesus. Like, I was in a place of, like, I was actually diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Like, it's a mental illness. It hasn't gone away, but God is bigger than that. Like, it took me a long time to actually be, like, I'm worthy. Like, you know... God's grace is enough. Like, and my prayer life took on a new meaning. As I drew closer to God and drew closer in partnership with Jesus, praying different prayers, just really, like, being real with him, you know, not pretending to be something because you can't pretend in front of God because he knows you absolutely intimately and knows your heart. And so he's made me whole again. And as a result of that, I've always prayed about the relationship that I have with my mum because I always felt like everybody else in my family, I've got three sisters and a brother, were close to my mum and I wasn't. I was a daddy's girl growing up. And so when my dad died in 2012, I just thought, oh my goodness, he's not here to buffer that relationship anymore. Like, he was the mediator between... It sounds awful, like, I'm I'm painting my mum out to be awful. She isn't. She's a wonderful Christian woman. It's all me. Um, And I prayed and prayed, and I just kept thinking, you know, I kept comparing my siblings' relationship, like, well, they're close to my mum, and they're close to my mum. And, like, I'm far away from her. But when I was the one that was on their own with no family, when my dad died, I lived with her. I cuddled her at night. I made sure that she got up on the morning and got dressed. And we became really, we prayed together. We read the Bible together. We became really close. And I know that God used that because I had to be in that place to be available for her. Like if I'd been married and had a family, I would have had other commitments. Now, I'm not saying that it was perfect from then, but I did have this realization the other day that as I've, Changed like God's changed me because I'm in prayer partnership with God. The relationship that I have with my mum's changed. The prayers have been answered. She said to me the other week, and she, I think she was just having a rant and moan about everybody else at the time. So he never rings me. Nobody ever asked me if I'm all right. In the midst of all that ranting, she said, but you are always there for me. You always ring me. You always text me. You always come and see me. That was a big moment for me because I've prayed for that for so long. I wanted to be friends with my mum and I think we're best friends now. Awesome.
We, you did promise me that you wouldn't make any of us cry, so <laughs> it's all back on the waterworks, guys. <laughs> um, following on from that, how, how do you respond when, when you feel like God's saying, no, not yet, or you don't even feel like there's an answer? Do you go to scripture? Do you go to people? How, how do you go through that? Um, I, I think these days we live in a culture of instant response and results. But you know, some things don't happen like that. We have to grow and mature as humans from babies to adults. And that's the same thing in our spiritual life. And God takes his time with us sometimes because he wants to teach us things. Um, I met Keith a long time ago in our early days as teachers and we were friends. And during the whole of that time, I was praying, God, what is it that you want me to do? Where is it that you want me? Is it staying in school? What is it that you want me to do? Does it involve Keith? Does it not involve Keith? What is it? And I struggled during that waiting period. I really, really struggled. Often, I have to tell you, I shouted and screamed at God in my prayer time um, because I, I was frustrated and I just didn't know. And in some sense, I wasn't hearing. But what God taught me during that time was faithfulness, his faithfulness. And um, Faithful One became a really important song for me during that time. He was asking me to draw close to him to put him first in my life. And that's what I needed to learn. And during those times, I think God changed me. It was a bit like the potter in the wheel. He was changing me. And then 10, 10 and a half years ago, Keith had an interview here in the north for a headship. I was at a connect group leaders training meeting at our church in the south. Um, I'm praying with somebody called Phil. And we were praying for Keith in his interview the only time I've ever heard God audibly speak to me in a prayer was then. And he said, the time is now. Just four words. The time is now. And I knew then that my life was going to change. And it did. And unfortunately, you lot got the brunt of that because we came north. Um, and uh, we, within six weeks, we were married. And within 12 weeks, we'd moved uh, north. And, and the point of that is just to say to you that God has a plan. We just sometimes need to be patient and wait for him. And um, beautifully, Jo had that as one of her songs this morning, you know, the words of it about waiting for him. We need to wait for him. We need to put him first. We don't give up on God. We just need to persevere in prayer, keep asking, keep seeking. And have you got the scriptures up on the... You haven't. Do you want to do... I'll come back to my scriptures. It might be the same as mine. <clears throat> um, I used to be a person that used to just leave it, you know, like mope about. Like, all right, he hasn't answered prayer, I'll just be in the mood with God. Um, but that doesn't work either because God soon snaps you out of it. And you can't pretend, so you've got to get real with God. So if I'm upset, I tell him, I cry, um, I shout at him, you know, like, why haven't you answered these prayers? But then... Um, in scripture, Psalm 37, 4, God, God does know it hurts, but it, it says, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I used to think that meant if I'm a good Christian and I pray, then I'll get everything I wanted. But it isn't about that. It's about God changing your heart, realigning 
you with his plans. And so it's just waiting on God, delighting in him and seeing what happens. And, and I, I hold on to that. And I think that that shift has really brought joy to me because there are still prayers that I'm praying about that haven't been answered. But I know that it's God's timing and God's timing's perfect. Um, for me, there are three scriptures that have been really important over my life and in my prayer life. The first one is a fairly obvious one, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, which I know uh, George and Faye had, uh, for I know I have the plans I have for you. And I think the bottom line of that is he knows, and his plan is far, far better than ours. And because of that, I have the most amazing husband, um, which is an absolute joy to my heart. I don't tell him often enough. Um, and uh, Psalm 37.4, which I, you know, again with Maria, is delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And what I've learned is that as I've gone on and I pray, I draw close to him, those desires change to be God's desires for me because he changes our lives. And the, first, the last um, scripture is Colossians 1.9. Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. And in the middle of those verses is the words, so that you might live a life worthy of the Lord. That was my baptismal verse when I was 17. And that's the one that I've stayed with me all my life. And I, I try, and that's what I pray to, that I might live a life. I've been called by God. You know, amazing. He loves me. He adores me. He wants to give me all good gifts. And I want to please him. And I want to live that worth lively. And I would say, actually, that's my prayer for this church, too. That we draw close we continually ask God to fill us with the knowledge of his will and the understanding that the Spirit gives. Both of you uh, serve in very different areas in our church. Um, Teresa leads the, the pastoral team. Maria leads our hospitality team. What does prayer look like in both of those areas? Um, in the hospitality team, I think it's just a natural part of welcoming hospitality prayer because we have the privilege of welcoming everyone into our church on a Sunday. And so we can kind of check the temperature of the church. We can tell if, even if you tell us you're all right, we kind of know if you're not. Um, we know if you need us to come and sit next to you. We notice if you're missing. And so all of that just leads us into praying for you. And you know, kind of looking after you, and I hope that that comes across. Um, and Terry's taught me to be a hugger, and I never used to be. She'll tell you when I first started, she was like, "Well, you're not going to get away with not hugging people." And now, believe it or not, I'm the person that people come to in St Hilds for a hug. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, as Josh said, I lead the pastoral team and I think this is one of my greatest privileges and joy because, um, I think Maria referred to it earlier on in prayer, we're partnering with God 
And when I minister to other people and when the other pastoral team minister to other people, we are partnering with God. Isn't that so amazing? And, you know, I have, as the pastoral team know, I have some things of sort of do's and don'ts. One of them things is when you're praying with somebody else, keep your eyes open. Because actually, then you can see what God is doing in them. And that's fantastic. Because you can then watch what God's doing and just be there with them. Um, And the other thing is, the big thing for me is when you're praying with somebody else, it's his words, not yours. You know, for me, I spent a long time rabbiting prayers. Actually, when you're praying for somebody, you stay dead silent until God actually gives you the words. Because he knows their hearts. He knows what's going on in their lives. You don't. And all you could do then, we're not counselors. We're just conduits for God to actually speak into them. Um, And I think the other thing that I would say about that is that when you pray with somebody else, it not only encourages and builds them up because you're actually speaking God's word into their life, but it blesses your socks off. It blesses my socks off when I'm actually praying with somebody. It's a double whammy because God's working in their life and he's working in yours too. And that's just amazing because it's God. And in fact, once a few years ago, I went to pray with somebody who no longer comes to this church. And um, we were sitting in her kitchen and it was a physical thing. We were praying for her healing. And um, I listened to God, said the words of God, and then sat for an hour and a quarter in absolute silence while God brought peace onto her life. And all I was doing was partnering with God. It was such a joy. Awesome. I'm going to ask the the worship band to come back up if they were able to. I know some of them are holding on to kids and and whatnot. Uh, But the final question, uh, how do you pray for this church? And how do you feel like us as a collective, we can pray for this church? I like to intercede for people. I like to pray for individuals. I mean, it doesn't mean I'm not praying for the church, but the way I do it is by praying for individual people and individual ministries. Because I want to see that people like really experience God. For me, coming to the prayer meeting on a Sunday night, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to hear people's prayer requests and to partner with them in praying. Um, and for me to be able to, to share my prayer requests, and I really feel like God's using that. Um, and I want people to experience God and know his heart in their life, and I think that we can continue to pray in that. And I think that that's what will build relationships in church. And that's what will build the church. Yeah, and I would just say yes and amen to all of that, (laughs) really. Because I think that's where... And I think I would just sort of... The only thing I would add is that sometimes we forget that when we pray... Jesus is intercessing for us. He is praying for us to God. He is the mediator between us and God, and he's praying for us all of the time. So as we lift our prayers to him, he's lifting them too to God for us. I think one of my favorite times, and Maria, you're there as well, but um, is our connect groups. Um, our Heartburn connect group. I think if, if Carlsberg did connect groups, this would be the one. I mean, it's the best. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. You can have hugging, but we're having the connect group. Um, I think I think it's just been it's very organic. Um, I think we we just hang out and 
I think one of the best things that we've got is just the communication during the week and the way that we pray for each other. And, and people feel that they can be vulnerable and transparent and, and ask for prayer. Um, but at the same time, I think what we've seen over the last couple of months is people outside of our connect group, in our workplaces and in our lives, have seen something different, something change. And they've, they've started asking our connect group to pray for them. I mean, Vanessa probably gets like two, three prayer requests every week for us to pray for, for people in her school. And that's exciting because I, I think people see a change when, when we pray. Um, we're going to go into a time of worship, but also communion. And what I'd love us to do uh, is, is go up to communion, maybe it's in connect groups, maybe it's in threes or fours, and just pray for each other um, as we go into that time. And then Elijah's going to lead us in a few prayer points uh, as, as we close. Um, but really just... We wanted to get the church to think about what if, what if we as a church devote ourselves to prayer? What if we all locked in with this, this idea of, right, we're going to pray for the same thing. We're going to pray for this church to grow. We're going to pray for, for Jesus to move in Thornaby. We're going to pray for Jesus to move in wider T-sides. And we're going to pray for people in this church to re- rise up and take on ministry roles and leadership roles. And, um, and as we grow, like Elijah says, as we, as we get bigger, we get smaller, and we get more connect groups, and we, we see these things happen. Um, and so I'm excited, but I really believe if, if we're going to move forward as a church, we really need to commit to prayer. Um, so let's do it. Let's give these guys a, a round of applause, and we'll hand over to the worship team.